Thank you, Sujin. Well, I've been to church today. I hope you have too. <clears throat> Pardon me. God, I thank you that you are so close in the songs we sing, in the words we say. And I ask, Holy Spirit, by your power and presence, you would take something from the words that I've got to say today and make it real, make it meaningful for each person, that you can customize it to where they're at, what they need, what they're longing for. So thanks for helping, God. Amen. I just want to give a quick shout out to Vartan, who's helping me today to be able to talk to all of you. So thank you very much for that. Bless you, man. Over the past while, I have been reading and meditating on the book of Ephesians. Now, some people have said that the church in Ephesus was the strongest and most developed of the churches to whom Paul wrote his letters that became a part of our New Testament. I don't know if that's true or not, but I do know there is a lot of very good teaching, counsel, wisdom, and revelation in these six chapters. So today, I want to share with you from Ephesians. I'm not sure uh, if this is going to turn into some kind of series, maybe or maybe not. But for today, we are going to look at just one verse from Ephesians. And while looking at this single verse, we'll use a number of other verses that will help give understanding and application to that verse. Now, normally at this time, I say, if you don't get anything else from today, here's what I want you to get. <clears throat> and then I give you a phrase, pardon me. <clears throat> then I give you a phrase or a sentence that is a summary of what I'm going to share with you. But not today. Today, if you don't get anything else, I want you to remember this one verse. So please, in your Bibles, Go to Ephesians chapter 6, verse 18. Ephesians chapter 6, verse Ephesians 6.18 says this, And pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep praying for all the saints. If you only remember this verse from today, it can help you. If you only remember this verse, it could change your life. It has changed mine. Now, in the several verses right before this verse is the section called the armor of God. While prayer is not specifically identified as a piece of our spiritual armor, I suggest prayer is the way we use the various pieces of armor. <clears throat> now, I want to draw your attention to several phrases in Ephesians 6.18. And then I'm going to invest some time on one phrase in particular 
that I believe can create an opportunity for a much more expressive and meaningful, excuse me, a meaningful connection with God as we pray. Ephesians 6.18, and pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the saints. That phrase, with all kinds of prayer and requests, is interesting to me. This verse indicates there are at least two basic types of communication with God. Those two types are prayers and requests. Both are good. Both are necessary. So, what's the difference? Why would the Bible, or God in the Bible, use two different words to describe praying in the Spirit? I don't know with certainty. I cannot give you a specific verse that would specifically explain why we are to both pray and request. I would suggest, and you don't have to agree, I would suggest God chose to include requests because God knows we need things. That's pretty deep, right? So we can pray in the spirit when we ask for things. However, this also means we can ask for things without the authorization or the direction from Holy Spirit. So have you ever considered talking with God about the things you ask him for? Perhaps you're asking God for more money. That happens probably to all of us from time to time. And there's nothing wrong with that. But if the request for money is not getting answered, would you consider asking God what he would like to say to you about money? What if God wanted to talk to you about stewardship, taking care of your finances that he has already given you? What if stewardship for you or for me was the key to increasing finances? What if God wanted to do something more with our request than simply give us what we asked for? What if he wants to do more? I suggest God chose to include prayer because God desires relationship with us, not just giving us what we ask for. Now, in past teachings, I have encouraged a definition of prayer as being a two-way conversation with God. So I suggest this. The difference between prayers and requests is this. Requests are asking God for things. Prayers are talking with God about things. So let me try that just again. The difference between prayers and requests is this. Requests are asking God for things. Prayers are talking with God about things. Now, you don't have to agree to that. I'm okay with that. And you're certainly free to develop your own definitions. But do develop something. Prayer and relationship with God is so much more than just asking for stuff. 
So however you de develop it, however you define it, I encourage you to expand your definition of prayer and requests. Because if our time with God is mostly asking for things, we're going to have a pretty limited experience of God. And I suggest we're going to have a fairly underdeveloped relationship with God if the bulk of our time is just asking or begging God for things. We can do better. So let's just kind of walk through what that might look like for you. Maybe this sounds a little different than what you're used to. Think of something you've been asking God for, and the prayer just isn't working. Don't make it a big request, or don't make it an emotional one. It's harder to hear God when we've got a lot of emotions tied to it. <clears throat> Maybe make it a request like this. Here's something I'm going to use with me to share with you how it might look. God, help me to exercise more consistently. Now, I know all of you are in good shape and you're taking care of yourself well, so you may not be able to relate to this, but it's a thing I've been asking from time to time and God kind of stopped me and said, can we chat about this a minute? So God, help me to exercise more consistently. Next, instead of asking God to help you exercise more consistently, because so far for me, that prayer hasn't really been answered very well, try praying. And remember, prayer is talking with God about things. So try something like this. God, what would you like to talk to me or say to me about this whole struggle I'm having with exercise? God might answer my question like this, Rob, exercise is good for you. What needs to happen for you to value taking care of yourself physically? And then we begin a dialogue. What do, what do I need to think differently in order to value taking care of my body? Rather than, God, just help me exercise. Come on, God, help me exercise. Help me exercise. God, what in me isn't valuing this body that says I need to take care of it a little bit better than what I've been doing? Or how about this? Rob, how healthy would you like to be? God would say to me, perhaps, how healthy would you like to be when you're 80 years old? For those of you who are going to sit there and wonder, I turned 67 shortly. So I got a little ways to go to get 80. Rob, how healthy would you like to be when you're 80? Let's talk, Rob. Let's talk about some things to help you get to your goal of being healthy when you're 80. Prayer, talking with God, helps you connect with God to talk to the one who made you, who understands you even better than you understand yourself, and to work through the issues that perhaps are even preventing your request from being answered. Now, if you find this kind of prayer dialogue with God 
to be difficult or intimidating. But if you're serious about prayer, invest some time with someone who can help you develop your prayer relationship with God. Most everybody's pretty good at asking God for stuff. We don't need a lot of help with that. But the dialogue with God, somebody can help you. What might happen to your relationship with God if you started including two-way relational prayers along with requests? It could make your prayer life a little more engaging. It could change your life. Ephesians 6.18, and pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep praying for all the saints. Another little phrase I want to look at here is be alert. In the context of Ephesians 6, be alert certainly applies in the area of spiritual warfare. I shared this thought with Mary and she laughs. I love when Mary laughs. God does not give us spiritual weapons only to leave them in storage. Amen? He expects us to get them out and use them. We're commissioned to beat up the enemy's forces and bring the victory of the kingdom to people. We are going to need to be alert to use them, those spiritual tools, weapons. We'll have to be alert to use them as it's necessary. Okay, but what else might we need to be alert for? One of the most significantly underused, underobeyed commands that Jesus gave us was to go into all the world and tell other people about the good news of Jesus. What if we were alert for opportunities to talk with and connect with God? God wants to talk now. Okay, God, what do you want to talk about? But how about this one? What if we were alert for opportunities to bring the kingdom of God to the people in our spheres of relationship? What if alert wasn't just defensive? What if alert was offensive for the kingdom to say, I'm going to take the good news of Jesus and I'm going to be looking for places to share it with people. What if we made a request to God to help us do the things that would alert us to kingdom opportunities? For instance, maybe you're at work where you're going to meet some people for lunch. And on the way to the lunch, made a request to God to say, help me be alert for the opportunity to pray for or encourage someone during lunch. If we went to the lunch, not only to have a good time with our friends, if we went to the lunch, not only to have some good food, who patios are open, restaurants are coming back. Hallelujah. Sorry, that was a little thing that just makes my heart happy. So I just wanted to share that. What if we said, God, will you help me today to hear something 
in what people say that would be an opening for me to be encouraging. Maybe I can pray for them. Maybe I can get a little prophetic word of encouragement. What if we were on alert to expand the kingdom? How about this? What if we were going to read the Bible and decided to pray, to talk with God about what he wants me to understand about who he is and who I am? If we read a psalm and didn't just read it for the poetry or something interesting to read, or because that was the thing on my little paper that says I need to read today. What if I read it and going in said, God, help me to be alert for the thing you want to tell me from this passage that I'm reading today. I'm thinking if we did that consistently, Bible reading could become one of the most interesting and encouraging things we do. It isn't just read the Bible because I got done with my time in 10 minutes because I got to read through, you know, five Psalms and a proverb and a chapter in the New Testament or whatever kind of reading plan you have. But if you had it in such a way that you said, God, what do you want me to get out of this? I'm looking for it. I'm on the alert for what you want to say to me. Bible reading might just begin to be fun. Ephesians 6, 18, and pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. And with this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the saints. Another little phrase I want to talk about for a minute is on all occasions. When is it a good time to pray and make requests to God? Apparently, God has the expectation that we will be praying and requesting as a lifestyle activity. There's not just a prayer time in the morning for 10 minutes or 15 minutes when we read down our list of things we're asking God for, and then God bless me, help me, and have a good day. That's not apparently God's plan for prayer and requests. First Thessalonians 5.17, you don't have to turn there. First Thessalonians 5.17 is one of the shortest verses in the Bible. Now, depending on what Bible version you have, that little verse tells us this, pray continually, pray without ceasing, never stop praying, pray constantly. What does that mean? Just what it says. We're praying as a lifestyle. Now, what it doesn't mean is that we are literally praying all the time. We can't do that. Aaron's sitting there with the little baby. He can't pray during the time he's desperately trying to get enough sleep. He's sleeping. So this pray at all time, pray on all occasions thing is something that's a lifestyle of prayer rather than a literal pray every single second of the day. But it's more than my prayer time is from 7.30 to 7.45 in the morning. It's the ongoing relational connection with God and that being alert to his willingness and desire to connect with us whenever it's functional, whenever it's needed, 
whenever it just feels good to talk to him. I believe, and I think the New Testament would indicate this type of prayer life from verses like 1 Thessalonians 5.17 and, and Ephesians 6.18, that God desires and has designed us for an ongoing connected relationship. Now, I don't always immediately respond to telephone calls, texts, WhatsApp messages, and other messaging options. I hope that hasn't offended you. It's nothing personal about you. I am not a good multitasker. I can do one thing at a time well. I can do five things at a time very poorly. So when I'm focused on one thing, I tend to just focus on that one thing. I don't stop to look at my phone when it comes on. I don't stop to listen to my phone. I don't read the emails. I have, I'll take time during the day. But if a message comes from Mary and I see that pops down on the screen, I stop what I'm doing and I call her up or I text her back or I come from my, um, my room into the living room or if she's in the bedroom, I go into the bedroom. Mary is a priority for me. What if we gave God the same priority and, and allowance for him to connect with us? Could God, and I don't know if this is the right terminology, I hope it doesn't offend you. Could God text you anytime during the day and say, hey, Rob, can we talk for a minute? seems like you're getting kind of stressed right now. What's going on? Let's share a little bit together. God, I really, God might come and say, hey, could, could, could we stop for just a minute? I want to let you know you did really good with that person that you just talked to. That little encouragement you gave them meant way more than you realize. I'm proud of you, son. Could God have the dynamic to encourage or warn or dialogue with us all the time during the day? I believe that praying continually on all occasions is to have that open connection with God. That when we talk with God enough, we will recognize his voice when he wants to talk to us. Most of you, if you called on the phone, I, I wouldn't immediately recognize your voice. When Mary calls me on the phone, I don't need to see that. I don't need my phone to tell me this is Mary. I recognize her voice. Can we, during the day, differentiate between our own thoughts and God? talking to us. I think we can. I really do. God seems to indicate that we can have that kind of relationship with him. I believe that we can talk with God enough that we will recognize when he wants to say something to us, when he wants to talk. And we can talk with him when we want to talk. God is one of our first options.
excuse me, Ephesians 6.18, and pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the saints. The next phrase I want to talk about is pray in the spirit. I want to spend a little time here. What do we actually mean when we say pray in the spirit? It's like such a biblical church term, but most of us would really struggle if we had to give a relatively short uh, explanation of what it means to pray in the spirit to someone else. I know because I've asked several people and it's been a challenge for them to give an answer that's fairly short, fairly concise, and understandable. That's not a negative thing. It's just one of those phrases we use in church all the time, but we really don't know what it means. I started my life as a follower of Jesus in a church that told me praying in the spirit meant speaking in tongues. That's just what praying in the spirit was. It is described in 1 Corinthians 14, 16 as being praying in the spirit. But what I was told when I started out is accurate, but it's definitely not complete. Praying in the spirit is more than praying in tongues. For instance, and you don't have to turn here now, you can look at it later. In the book of Revelation, the Apostle John wrote about some encounters with God he had. Specifically, in Revelation 1.10 and Revelation 4.2, the Apostle John wrote this phrase, I was in the Spirit. Okay, what was John doing? He was praying. He was talking with God. But more than that, his talking with God was led by Holy Spirit. And as a result, you might know, God showed John a few things because he was led by the Spirit as he was dialoguing and talking with God. Now, you can work out your own definition of what praying in the Spirit or in the Spirit, what that means. The definition is not nearly as important as actually starting to do whatever it is you're going to define as praying in the Spirit. Use study books, use guides, use the Bible, look up all the verses about it. Just remember, in whatever definition you develop, it should include something about talking with God and the Holy Spirit helping you to talk with God. So what happens when we pray in the Spirit? This is cool. Do turn to Romans eight twenty six. The reason is, don't take my word for this. Read what it says. It's awesome. The next couple of times, we're go- I'm going to give you verses to actually go to and read. Romans eight twenty six. It looks like a couple people have gotten there. Romans 8.26 says, In the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, 
but the Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. Praying in the Spirit means that Holy Spirit helps us to pray. It's not us on our own trying to figure it out, trying to figure, decide what's the right thing to say, all that sort of stuff. The Holy Spirit helps us. It's a legit request to say, Holy Spirit, how do I pray for this thing? Hello? Have we ever tried to say, I don't know what to do here. I don't know what to say. Have we ever thought about saying, Holy Spirit, how do I pray? What do you want me to say here? The Holy Spirit helps. This is so encouraging for me. I hope it is for you. The Holy Spirit helps us to pray when we're weak. The Holy Spirit helps us to pray when we don't know how to pray or we don't know what to pray. Sometimes the Holy Spirit helps us pray even when we have no words. I've been praying for Mary's healing for a long time. There have been seasons when it seemed like healing was happening, at least in some degree or in some area of her life. There have been other times when I've been praying, God, just keep her alive. Don't let her die. There have been times when I prayed with a lot of faith. I felt the confidence of God's promise that he heals the sick. There have been times when all I could do was just sit there and say, God, I trust you. I have said on numerous times, Holy Spirit, I do not know how to pray anymore. You have to pray for me. Sometimes I pray in tongues. More times I simply sit in God's presence. I have no words. I place my faith in this verse, Holy Spirit intercedes for me. And I choose to believe that Holy Spirit living in me is praying to God what I don't know to say, what I cannot say, what I desperately want to say, but don't have the words to communicate the deep emotions and the desires of my heart. Holy Spirit will help you pray when you cannot pray, when you don't know the words to say. Now, what actually happens when we pray in the Spirit? Look at the next verse. I think it's the next verse. Where did I just send you? Yeah, the next verse. Romans eight twenty seven. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. This verse continues by saying, not only does praying in the spirit mean that Holy Spirit will help us to pray. It also means Holy Spirit will always help us pray according to God's will. Now, in some circumstances, knowing God's will is really simple. It's very clear. We don't need guidance to talk to God about forgiveness or being kind. We know what God's will is there. We don't need God's guidance to know to be thankful or to praise God. We know what God wants us to do there. But in some circumstances, knowing God's will is not so clear. Sometimes there are distinct, clear Bible verses 
that contradict each other. So how do I know, for instance, how do I know how to respond when I'm not being treated well by someone? Well, the Bible says to go the second mile with the person and turn the other cheek, right? But the Bible also says, watch over my heart and do not give what is precious to those who don't value it. So what's God's will? Do I watch over my heart or do I go the second mile? Do I watch over and guard what is precious to me in my heart? Or do I give my other cheek to be slapped? In other words, do I continue down this path with the person or do I need to have some degree of boundary and protection? What is God's will then? They're both biblical. The Bible says to freely give, but it also says to be good stewards of what God has entrusted to me. Do I give more money or do I steward well the things that I have? What is God's will? This verse tells us that praying in the spirit includes a Holy Spirit revelation of God's will for a specific circumstance. When we have two possible options, both of which are clearly yeah, clearly biblical. Yikes. If I get any worse with that, I'm going to need an interpretation of tongues. Let me start that whole thing over. Praying in the Spirit includes Holy Spirit revelation of God's will for a specific circumstance. When I have two biblical options, which do I do? God, I need your Holy Spirit to tell me what's your will right now. What do you need for me to do to pray in a way that's in alignment with your spirit? Yes. <clears throat> Sorry, my finger hit a, <clears throat> hit a thing and I blocked the camera for a second. Sorry about that, guys. Holy Spirit always intercedes according to God's will. And often my prayer, my dialogue with God is, God, what's the wise way to respond to this situation? What biblical option is best for me right now? Holy Spirit always intercedes according to God's will, and he will help us to do the same. One other set of verses real close to where you're at right now I want to look at related to praying in the spirit. Romans 8, 15 and 16. Just back up a couple of verses. Romans 8, 15 and 16 says this. The spirit you received does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship. And by him we cry, Abba, Father. The spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. This is so excellent. 
Now, there's a single Greek word used for the phrase adoption to sonship. It's a term referring to the full legal standing of an adopted male heir in the Roman culture. The Holy Spirit is saying in this verse to each one of us today, when God adopted you, you became a child of God with a full legal standing before the universe, having all of the rights and privileges available to you as a child of the one true living God. Did that get in even just a little bit? When we said yes to Jesus, come into my heart and I want to follow you. Holy Spirit started saying, and he continues today, when God adopted you, you became a child of the king, a child of God with full legal standing before everything and everyone in the universe. You have all the rights and privileges available to you today, available to a child of the one and only true and living God. Let that sink in. Holy Spirit today is saying to you, you are a child of God, not a stepchild. Not someone lucky just to get into a corner of heaven. Holy Spirit says to you today, son and daughter of the God of the universe. Full access to God. His arms are open. No shame. Full acceptance. You belong. Something may be stirring just a little bit inside. Holy Spirit declares to the angels, the demons, the people, to every being in the universe, I am a child of God. Say that out loud right now. I am God's child. Um, just so you all know, that will require you to actually move your lips and say something. So we'll, we'll try it again, okay? Say it out loud. I am God's child. Say it again. I am God's child. Say it again. I am God's child couple of you are smiling. You know, we could do this for about five minutes and we get nuts, crazy, drunk in the Holy Spirit if we just said that. Because the Holy Spirit says, yes, when we agree to the truth of what God has declared about us. Say it again. I am God's child. Holy Spirit, right now, awaken something in us. Say it again. I am God's child. Holy Spirit, erase the picture many of us have lived with of bowing in fear before Father God. Help us to see right now, sitting with Father God. 
Say it again. I am God's child. Holy Spirit, I ask right now, give us a mental picture or however you talk to each person here, but give us a picture or an understanding of Father God with his arms wide open in acceptance and a big smile on his face welcoming us to come close. Say it again. I am God's child. Holy Spirit, right now, let us feel the emotion of being accepted. Security, well-being, loved, valued, cared for. Let us feel that emotion. Say it again. I am God's child. The 16th verse of Romans says this, the spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. When we're feeling low or disconnected or helpless or hopeless about who we are, this verse gives us the certainty of Holy Spirit confirmation. We are God's child. We're not a distant third cousin cousin kind of Christian. We are God's child. If we forget, if we listen to what the world says about us, Holy Spirit will testify directly to our spirit, right in this place, right in the core of who we are. We are God's child. Say it again. I am God's child. And I want to encourage you through the week to continue to do this and say it out loud. If you feel weird saying it around your spouse or your family or something, say it in the car. Say it while you're walking the dog somewhere, but out loud. There's something about an out loud declaration that shifts things in a way that doesn't in, when we do it inside. Think about your present circumstances, your purpose, your decisions. What are your word choices to describe what's going on in your life right now? <coughs> Pardon me. Happiness? Failure? Succeeding? Struggling? Fearful? Confident? Alone? Loved? Angry? Timid? Confident, uncertain, hopeful, regret. What is the Holy Spirit's testimony about you? Wherever you fall in all of those different ways of thinking about who you are, you are a child of God. So in the spirit, in your spirit, 
Are you getting just a little bit excited about what in the spirit could mean? A little bit encouraged? Maybe a little more curious to find out about what that is a little bit more? Praying in the spirit. We have time for this. Let's take two minutes right now. Everybody, just however you want to do, close your eyes, whatever. It doesn't matter. Keep your eyes open, whatever. Look out the window. It doesn't matter. Talk to God about something you've heard and experienced today. Maybe ask him about your relationship together. God, what do you want to say to me about our relationship? Ask him what he wants to reveal to you about praying in Holy Spirit. Ask God how he wants to help you develop or expand your prayer life. Ask him what it means for you this week to be his child. Two minutes. Ephesians 6.18, and pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the saints. Father God, I thank you for loving us so much. What a good father you are. Your love for us is just so big. Your kindness toward us is so passionate. Your desire for us is so single focused. God, thank you for expressing yourself as Holy Spirit. It amazes me that your Holy Spirit is so completely present every minute of every day. What a gift that you actually pray with me, with us, 
You bring life, you bring purpose to our prayer communication with you. Father God, what a privilege. What an honor. What a joy to be able to have communication with you that includes making requests. And what a privilege, what an honor, what a joy to also have a communication that is relational. Who could have ever hoped that we would have the opportunity to continually experience such an, an amazing thing? And yet, that is what you offer each one of us. God, we are grateful and thankful. I love you, Papa. Sujin, lead us in another song just to connect and worship with God a little bit more. Bless you guys. <laughs> <laughs> 